It's too hot for a bit. <laughs> I know. I, I got nothing. I got this fan. Thanks, Aaron. I mean, Jenny. I knew. I knew that. Uh, thwarping. Thwapping. Thwarping. Thwarping. With an R. Why do I? Thwarp. I add R's and remove thwarp. R's. Yeah. It's like it's like you know what? It, it was weird when you would say thwap before, but in a post-wap timeline, it's even weirder. And well, that's because it. Because this very that would specific. make this True. the sound of opening a moist vagina. Yeah. Welcome to Podlander Drunken. <laughs> Welcome to Austin Austin, <laughs> a Podlander Drunkcast podcast. I'm Allison. I'm Julie. That's Janine. Oh, God, hi. <laughs> uh, this is uh, BP. Yes, B&P. B&P, episode <laughs> two. Mm-hmm. Um, we are talking about Bride and Prejudice, the Gerinder Chada, or Gerinder Chada directed adaptation of Pride and Prejudice, a book by Jane Austen. I don't know if you're aware of her. <laughs> She's a, sort of a big deal. Last week we talked about, mostly about Mr. Collins. We did Mr. Collie. Collie. We Collie. talked a lot about Mr. Collie, but we also did devote a fair share to Mary. Yes, yes. And, and Aishwarya Rai, mm-hmm. who's amazing. It, like, distractingly beautiful. Fell down her Wikipedia mm-hmm. this week. Yeah. Uh, former Miss Universe. Not Miss Universe 1994. Not also, I read Roger Ebert's review of this movie, which is unsurprisingly a delight. But there's a whole paragraph where he's like, have I mentioned how beautiful her smile is? Her smile is so beautiful. You think I'm exaggerating. I'm not. Hold on. <laughs> All right. Hold for Roger Ebert. As we always do. No, we should. Do. Yes. We um, should. Just because... Excellence in the criticism. A treasure. Uh, I will put this in the episode notes for this episode. I'll link to it. Um, But it is worth reading, as many of his reviews are. Um, It's just really wonderful. But there are two things that I wanted to point out. First... Lalita is played by Ashwarya Rai, Miss World of 1994, recently described by at least one film critic, me, as not only the first, but also the second most beautiful woman in the world. (laughs) According to the Internet Movie Database, the queen of Bollywood is so popular, she was actually able to get away with appearing in ads for both Coke and Pepsi. I also learned that she carried the Olympic torch in 2004, has a puppy named Sunshine, and was listed by Time as one of the 100 most influential people in the world. If this review is not accompanied by a photograph of her, you have grounds for a lawsuit. (laughs) (laughs) He's funny. Yeah. Then also, hold on. The other highlight is... um, Darcy makes tactless remarks, disagrees with the custom of arranged marriages, seems stuck up, is distracted by business, and creates the possibility that Lolita may may have to follow her mother's instructions and marry the creepy Hollywood mogul, which he's not, he's an accountant, Mr. Colley. Things could be worse. (laughs) Harvey Weinstein is also visiting India. Whoa. So, shots fired. Shots fired long ago. Oh, wow. Roger Ebert knew what was up. That yeah. was in uh, 2005. So, wow. wow. It's Wait. like when you go back and you watch an old episode of 30 Rock and oh, there's yeah. a Bill Cosby joke in there about how he's an asshole from like, you know, 2004 yeah. or five. Yeah. You're like, oh, Tina Fey knows. Yeah. Tina Fey knows. Uh, Hannibal Burris knows. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's going to do it for us for this week. That's it. That's it. Uh, we, really so, just, we just wanted to let you know we did our research. Yeah. We, well, and by we, we mean Allison. Allison, yeah. Um, we're gonna, we will end up talking more about some of the things I learned, I'm sure, um, in the third episode, which, congratulations, folks, it's a two-a-show day. Uh, two show day, two, uh, it's a two-show, it's a, it's, we're doing no episodes today. And uh, <coughs> Back in the day, they were called two-a-days when I was in marching band, when you had two yeah. Marching band rehearsals in a day? This is two a, a day. This is a two a day. Oh, yeah. I mean, 
they call it a two a day in a lot of yeah in a two-a-day. lot of realms. Yeah. But this, this is, is a, a, it's a it's a two a day. Yeah, we're doing a two a day. It's a two a day, and uh, our second episode is with Manish Mathur, who is the co-host or host sorry host of a really great podcast called it pod to be you um <laughs> right before julie started recording i said that's a really good podcast game name you know it's not podlander drunk castellana podcast <laughs> um and his episode on bride and prejudice is really wonderful and i learned a lot from it so i'm sure we'll talk more about it uh some of the like wiki wormhole things i learned then um but for now let's talk about the music we've been away from the movie for a week yes yeah. so what i want to know first and foremost of the <laughs> many songs and I think I know what the answer is going to be. If there was one that that stayed in your head, no wife, no life, no life, without life, that's that's really the that's the one that stuck with me. I also I don't remember the song as much, but I remember the choreography and the um, dancing surrounding the one with the sisters talking about marrying Mr. Collie when they were all in their jammies and like that's no life without it's, wife oh my god same no. number. it's the same song <laughs> there were 60 songs in this movie and that's there really the only one I remember I remember um, specifically I don't remember the melody for it but I remember the dancing and the very first one when they're at the wedding yeah, yeah. Um, That's because Saeed came on and just made everybody look like garbage. <laughs> what did Saeed come on and do? Uh, made me... <laughs> 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 I want you all to know that that was a WAP joke. Ooh, this is a new bit! <laughs> this We've is our... got a new recurring bit. New bit, same as the old bit. <laughs> yes. But this, apparently that's our summer bit when things yes! are too hot. This is our summer bit. Uh... <laughs> Spaghetti in a pot, man. Yeah. Macaroni in a pot. Macaroni. Sorry, it's macaroni in a pot. How dare I? Um. So yeah, I uh, I remember the dancing in that first one specifically mm-hmm. because of um, and I forgot the actor's name now. Which actor? The actor who played Saeed in Lost. Oh, Naveen Andrews. Thank you, Naveen Andrews. Uh, how dare? I know. I it's wrong, but thank you for reminding me because of Naveen Andrews. Shannon's dead. Shannon's dead. How dare you? He's struggling with it. Spoilers for Lost. Uh, no. <laughs> no more Lost. Um, but yeah, I remember that. I remember No Life Without Wife. And that's, unfortunately, most of what I remember. I've got the dancing in the, open, or in the opening number, like I said. But also, a marriage has come to town. Yeah. Oh, yes. yes. Those are the only three songs I can remember. Everything after No Life, No Wife, there's no song in my brain. Oh, there's, there's there's one called Take Me to Love, which is the, like, montage ballad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there's a big finale number, but I think that might mostly be a reprise. Yeah. What? I mean, there are a lot of songs in this movie. Yes. Um, I remember the montage when they were, when uh, Darcy and Lolita were, right, Lolita? Yeah. Were mad at each other. They just met each other. That was that montage. Because mm. that was very awkward. Because, like, suddenly they were on the same beach where no one else was at, but they were walking away from each other. Yes. <laughs> it was very... I, I remember that, too. Yes. Yeah. It was like, how'd you end up there? That feels like a bad recipe. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Who took you to the beach, and were you together when you went there? Yeah. Um, I have questions. <laughs> Dramatic things happen at beaches, man. Yes, they do. Including people walking into the ocean. Walking which, into the walking ocean? Walking out of the ocean. Oh, like, that's <laughs> right! <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you for that reminder. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Wickham. And then it's the <laughs> Fuckboy Supreme. Yeah, Fuckboy Supreme. Mm-hmm. 
Are all Mr. Wickham's fuckboy supremes, or is that Mr. Wickham specifically well, a fuckboy supreme? Well, that entrance is a fuckboy supreme entrance. Yes. Yeah. Very, well, again, like, does that make Ariel a f- fuck mermaid? Well, aren't all mermaids fuck mermaids? Isn't that the whole thing? Yeah, they're sirens. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just saying. <laughs> I, I mean, come here for the hot takes about mermaids. <laughs> I think they were created by men who wanted to fuck fish. You know what? You'll have your looks. Sailors, huh? Yeah, sailors. <laughs> they're fucked up. They are on that boat for a really long time, and they see a lot of dolphins and whales, and they're like, I could put my dick in that. But what if it had boobs? That's that's how mermaids were created. You know what, Julie? Don't underestimate the importance of body language. Uh, hot takes about mermaids. Welcome back to Hot Takes About Mermaids. That would be a better podcast title than Podlander Drunk has another podcast. Uh, a title we picked when it was not uh, uh, quite so inappropriate because now we're mostly sober when we record these. Don't worry, I'm, I'm, I'm still drunk, you guys. Yeah. yeah. Well, Julie's yeah. hungover today. Yeah. And two weeks in a row. I'm sorry, people. Um, my anniversary dinner was last night, so you'll forget. Hey, happy you know anniversary, what? though. Thank you. Vaccination yeah. summer. Yes. There were so many people out and about. It was very, it was nice. I went to my first restaurant yesterday. Ooh, how'd it go? Side. It how'd was it an go? Outback. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Did you Your go to an first Outback restaurant Steakhouse? Back was Outback Steakhouse? <laughs> I love this reaction. Lord. <laughs> You live in Chicago. My buddy had a $50 gift card. Okay. okay. And he was driving. And Gosh, I was like, he was like, I want to go there and get a Bloomin' Onion. I was like, you're paying? Fuck Let's yeah. go. You know so what? You're right. I got I'm a Bloomin' Onion. It, no, I think that shade was totally appropriate. <laughs> Without the context of the gift card, perfect. Yeah. I'd be like, that was the choice you made? All right, cool. He, he made he wined and dined me. He took me to the Leaning Tower of fucking Schomburg. Oh yeah, I didn't the weird that. like pizza looking tower thing. Yes, in that parking lot, like it's out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, yes. It's the Leaning Tower of YMCA, by the way, because they built a YMCA next to it. It really just looks like a small scale version of the Leaning Tower of Pizza, but made out of concrete. <laughs> it's I, in Schomburg. I yeah. just want to use my fan, but now it means something else. <laughs> and I want to be clear: I am not wet for the Leaning Tower of Schomburg. No. I don't know. Have you seen it? <laughs> Pretty girthy. It is... Just slide down at an angle, which, yeah. you know, <laughs> you can, can be do, good. You can do that. It's such a confusing An, an entirely natural curvature. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute, Bride and Prejudice. Bride, Bride and Prejudice. Prejudice. Um, so, once again, forgive me, because I really have forgotten a lot of it, because I've seen so many oh, adaptations. Oh, yeah. They now, blur. They blur together. The uh, As far as the song goes, I think we've hit all the ones that... We, that all impacted well, us. Well, right. So those are the ones we remember. But yeah. what... So obviously the presence of the music is partially because the whole deal with this movie is Bollywood meets Hollywood, right? Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, I've come around to your line of thinking. You're right that Mr. Dorsey is very boring. However, <laughs> I maintain that it is probably one of those situations where he's boring because he's focusing too hard on his accent. Because Maybe. there are... There are lots of very good actors who, when they try to do an American accent, they suddenly become extremely boring. Or they couldn't possibly be boring if they tried, but their American accent is so bad that it's extremely funny. Is he British or Australian? He is Australian. Okay. Why didn't they just make him Australian? I don't know. Well, I guess because they wanted... Well, colonialism. Yeah, all the really great colonialist shit. you're right, you're right. right. Which was important. Neo-colonialism, blah, blah, like, like, fucking... Weird imperialist tourism. Yes, and you're right. That that was very necessary to this adaptation. So fine, but he was but boring. He was boring, and I and I wonder sometimes if maybe he would have been less boring if he was just using that 
using that voice, the mm-hmm. normal voice. That's fair. I mean, we weren't very, very big fans of Brie until we saw her in her natural habitat, right? It took her a while. Took her I a while. think she was nervous about her accent. Yeah. Uh, Sophie. Sophie. Oh! <laughs> I thought you were talking, first of all, I was like, the Sorry. cheese? Uh, hilarious. Brie. Yeah, Brie. I mean, I'm, that's I'm where my brain goes first, too. Brianna. Brianna. Well, Brianna. Uh, it's been a while since we actually talked about Outlander, so I I'm forgot. sorry, it's been what? Uh, I don't like it. Microphone! <laughs> no, 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 I know. He doesn't want to say it's been a while, because he hates that. I don't, I'm not, I, I... You're the one who said it. I don't, but it's a phrase people say. Yeah, he... It's been a while. He's moved on from that game. It's been a while. <laughs> you guys can do it. I just don't like doing it. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm sorry. I guess I'm still really two things that we should know. One is I am still reeling from being able to talk to the two of you in person. Yes. Second, we're working without headphones this week, so it feels a little bit like it feels we're a little, just having a conversation. A little yes. unhinged. It's yeah. a little looser. It's a little loosey goosey today. Yeah. It's warp. <laughs> Damn it! Warp. 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 Okay. Come back. Warp. So we were talking about Darcy. He sucks. Yes. Yeah. But Bride and Prejudice. Yes. More. The, I just was saying that you were correct about. Okay. Uh, so because the presence of the music is partially because it's Bollywood meets Hollywood is the whole day. It's on mm-hmm. the poster. Bollywood meets Hollywood. Um, and I'm assuming for a lot of people, including both of you or you, Julie, you specifically, your first like Bollywood experience? From beginning to end, yes. I've seen... Snippets from other Bollywood films, but I've never watched an entire film. Same. So this was my first. Same. Same? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen snippets, but not like full. So the song and dance numbers, the vibrant color. In fact, if I might quote Roger Ebert. Please do. Um, let's see. He makes us look better. He's just so He's good. The best. Well, the master's done the work. Yeah. You, know? you just refer to it and learn. Yeah. Learn. Um, so this... Here we go. <laughs> it was going to be like a, we're going to have to do our off-brand yakety sex. Well, I find it, but I found mm-hmm. it. Um, uh, her characters burst into song and dance at the slightest provocation, backed up by a dance core that materializes with the second verse and disappears at the end of the scene. That's Bollywood. So is the emphasis on mother and father. The lovers in most American romantic comedies seem to be orphans. And she employs the Bollywood strategy for using color, which comes down to, if it's a color, use it. Yes. <laughs> which... If you're not wearing nails, you're not doing drag. Yes. That's how, sort of how I feel about it. Yeah. Um, do you feel like, did it feel like a Western musical to you, or did it feel kind of like its own thing? Like, did those songs feel like they served a similar function? Yes. The songs were there to both support and move the story forward or teach us something about the characters, which I think is pretty analogous to quote-unquote Western musical. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked it because it felt more, typically it just felt more joyous because the, the dance numbers were so big and so many people, so mm-hmm. it felt a lot more fun, for lack of a better term. Um, and as far as the color goes, more the more the merrier. I, it's fun to look at. It's it, That's what I really enjoyed about this movie. Not only was it a good movie and the use of the colonialism inserted into the uh, plot of Pride and Prejudice was really cool and smart, but it was just fun Mm -hmm. and it's dancing and fun and color and bright and yay and so I enjoyed it very much (laughs) one more time 
dancing and color and fun and yay! <laughs> there we go. And then... <sighs> That's whenever Naveen Andrews comes on screen. Yes. More Naveen Andrews, please. <laughs> but Shan- yeah, so I liked it. Sh- Shannon's dead. I don't know why I keep feeling like I need to say Shannon's dead. There are so many better... Saeed things for Lost. Even though he didn't do Not Penny's Boat, because he was there, he's part of non, Not Penny Boat moment, and that's the Lost moment for life. Not Penny's Boat. Yeah. Sure, but it's not the Saeed moment. No, I know. But the Saeed moment. You know what? There isn't a moment when someone goes, Shannon's dead, but it's just, it's for some reason it's in my head. <laughs> also, Boone. Well, oh, God, I forgot about Boone. Boone. Who gives a shit? I'm sorry. The va- fans of the Vampire Diaries. I That's hate, who. I hate Lost. So I thought the Bollywood aspect Please, of thank you. Prejudice, uh, I liked it. I like my my impression of it felt like. All right, I don't really know if I have any sort of. I'm not really a musical person, so mm-hmm. like my impression was that it leaned more into much more, yeah, obviously, into the Bollywood construct of how they develop the songs and like what they're singing about and. I don't know. I liked it a lot. It was very fun and entertaining. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great. I'm not like I'm not having any big hot takes on this. Yeah, no hot takes. <laughs> yeah. I think it's clear from last week's episode that we all very much enjoyed it, so it was fun yeah. for us. It's to, also too yeah. hot for hot takes. It is too hot for hot takes. Yeah, I need some cold takes. I need a cool take. <laughs> well, Lynn, Lynn, let's do a really cool take. Um, Microphone. That's not, that's cool, not cool. That's no. a that's hot not jam. Cool. That's, that's a that's a. Stone Cold Classic. <laughs> it's just not cool. That's, <laughs> let's just call it what it is. Um, well, the other thing we wanted to talk about was the costumes. Yes. Yeah. I don't have... It was all because it was all, to me, wrapped up in the color and the use of the extras and the big dance numbers and everything and everybody matching or being part of a larger group and matching together the costumes a lot of the time. They were pretty... Um, the only costume that I can say right now that really, really stood out to me is Mary's Cobra Dance costume. Oh, weird. well, that's because you're forgetting one. Which Let's one? talk about Mary's Cobra Dance costume. It was because you're amazing. Forgetting one. It was so good. And Mary got a moment to be hot. Mary got a moment to be pretty. Even while she was being stupid, She got Mary got hers, is all I'm saying. And I'm always here for Mary getting hers. And the Cobra Dance was top-notch. The hissing. The hissing. Going up into somebody's face and going... <laughs> Like, I just want to do that in life. You know, what I think is great about that costume is the place in which it exists in the story. Because that is Mary's doing a cobra dance in front of strangers in my home costume. Yeah, like she had to go put that on. Yo, she changed. Yes. She changed clothes. Yeah. That's for the performances that... She did it on Accompany those uh, weddings and whatnot. But imagine if Mary in... And A E B B C P P Nemesis, if she had been like, "Oh, it's my turn to play the piano for a day," excuse me, and she came back in and like Elton John platforms yes. and big glasses, right? Yes. Woo! <laughs> um, and also, question mark: How many times has Mary done the cover dance? We're gonna guess a lot. Oh yeah, right? she's practiced. How how many different strangers in her family's house has she put this performance on for? Has this happened before? My guess is also yes. Yes. And how old is the costume? How long has she been rocking that costume? Because it's not like, like, does she get a new one when she grows out of her old one? Because she just needs to have the Cobra costume? Oh, I I was assuming that Jane was updating it for her. Yes. My assumption is that it's not that it's getting updated. She has multiples ready to go. Oh, Oh, no, but they're broke. 
Huh? Yeah, they're right. They're broke. Well, but when you have like a good costume and you know what you're doing, like you want to make sure you. Or maybe if her sister, if Jane is the seamstress, maybe Jane just sewed her like five to have (laughs) have him back up. One for each season. Yes. Oh my God. (laughs) Which season did we watch? I mean, really, if you're in India, at least where they were, it feels like it's pretty equatorial or like summertime most of the time, hot all the time. So she's got her summertime snake on. What if it was in Canada or like. Siberia. What would the winter cobra look like? Would it be white and gray? Yeah. Well, it would have to be like white, like python. Yes. Right? Like mm-hmm. white with maybe fur, and it would be like the animals that the snake ingested. Oh, yeah. yeah. Would it be a mongoose? Would it become a mongoose? Well, no, mongooses are in India too. I don't know. That was my favorite costume in the whole movie. Truly. It's because you're forgetting one. Remind me. Well, hold on. Is there a costume that you remember? Uh, well, is it the one she's forgetting? The Speedo? Yeah. Well, yeah. not Speedo. Ah, uh, the the uh, American flag uh, underwear on Mr. Collie? No, 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 no. His no, entire no. getup. No, no. Go on. The bikini with the matching visor. Oh, oh my, God. my God. Yes. Oh, my God. Apologies to everyone listening. <laughs> I can't believe I forgot the actual best costume in the movie, which was the Burberry bikini with yeah, the matching, matching visor. Matching visor. I, that costume was so good. Worn I, by Caroline Bingley, and yes. her name was Kali, correct? Um, her name was... Karen. 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 That's yes. right. Karen. Played, played by, by Indira Varma. Indira Varma. That who I fucking love yes. and rocked that bikini to the moon. Yes. I, high drag. It's high drag. But it was drag. Yes, absolutely. It was so good that it made me want to add a little end piece to our inevitable Pride and Prejudice pick the best one from every adaptation thing mm-hmm. uh, where we pick the, the best costumes in all of the things. That's because a really good costume. I'm not for sure Bingley. that I think there's a better one. I feel like it is the the best Caroline Bingley costume. Yes. But also the best translation of character into what they're wearing that yes. we've seen so far, maybe. Because it is A, hilarious. B, fabulous. C, hilariously new money. Yes, it's trashy. It's so, like... It's so trashy, but so good. But it can't be trashy in the sense that we think of things as being... Tra- like, it's not like she got it at a hot topic. No. That ensemble probably cost her, like, $3,000 yeah. or something absurd. It's That's I mean, an exaggeration. But it was expensive, <laughs> right? It's like like a $600 bikini, probably. And then the hat, who knows how fucking much. Expensive. Expensive. Mm-hmm. And she's and it's just clothes that you wear to not swim in. Yeah. Yeah. Because she wasn't swimming. No. Darcy, will you put some suntan lotion on my back? Mm-hmm. Right? Just like such a perfect encapsulation of that character and what her whole deal is. Yes. That it's hard for me, it's certainly hard for me to imagine a better Caroline Bingley costume. I and the 96 PP Caroline Bingley costumes are great because they're also like just slightly too much, too much frou lots of bright colors, ostentatiously expensive looking, but not really tasteful. The A&E BBC PP nemesis Caroline Bingley did have a couple of those, but they tended to be slightly muted. Like the, okay, she did have like, the big orange feather once. Yes. So there was a, an accent of something over the top crazy, look at me, I have money to spend on this feather, <laughs> which is Caroline Bingley in a, like, in a little nugget. But they were, it was a little bit more subdued, I think, because obviously that particular adaptation was really hewing to the time and the period and 
maybe she just liked gray <laughs> and black because she wore a lot of black. Uh, but this one, you're right. There is no better Caroline Bingley costume than the Burberry bikini and matching visor. There is none better. It is, you're right. It's the best costume in the entire movie. I mean, I think it, I am not being facetious. No, I think it's either. exceptional. Like yes. it's an incredible piece of costuming. Because it, just like you said, it tells a story. It's, mm-hmm. it, we understand more about her the moment we see it. And it's it, uh, really good costuming works on that kind of liminal level where you don't even understand that you've just learned something yeah. about a character. And that, that costume is that to a T. Well, and I think that's true. You brought up the American flag underwear. Like, I think, like, we learn a lot about Mr. Collie from his costuming, too. Mm-hmm. The necklaces and, oh, like, yeah. the hairdo. He looked a little bit like he was trying to look like a member of NSYNC. Yes. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. And everything was just slightly too big for him, which yep. is what American men do. They, yep. they tend to buy clothes that are too large for them. And I don't know if it's, like, a, I need to look bigger thing or I want to be comfortable thing. But it always looks just kind of baggy and like you're wearing your dad's coat. Yeah. That was definitely the style of time, too. Yeah. Like and, yes. Oh, in the 90s. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, early aughts. Right? Early aughts. Yeah. 90s and aughts. 90s, yeah, Color Me Bad was in the 90s, so that was the beginning of the, yeah. in my mind. Of but I'm very specifically suits. thinking of, like, back streets, back, all right! Like, it's very that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so those were good, and I also really loved, uh, again, because we're, it's apparently the best scene in the movie, um, their slumber party the song jammies. Those jammies yeah. were great. First they, of all, they looked incredibly comfortable. Yes, like and I love that they gauzy. were all the same, the same but different. Each sister had her own style, but the costumes were very clearly of a piece together. It was mm-hmm. a very Disney moment as well. Yeah, like the blues in that the, for the lighting that they used, like the so, saturated blue light in the oh, background. God, yeah, that cool. was so good. Mm-hmm. Like every and then when they went to their dream sequences of like what it's like to live with that guy, like that weird set they used and like how they popped into more oranges and reds. I liked yeah. it. Yeah, everything about that was great. There's a lot. Speaking of color, that we were briefly mentioning earlier, I think that there's a lot of the color theory running through the movie and is that a thing in Bollywood just in general where if you have a certain color and you feel a certain way about things that's a shorthand you know like the blues are very calming like this is where the sisters feel safe and saying what they really feel because they're all around each other and so that's this very safe feeling like mellow blue Mm -hmm. and then when we're out in a big crowd or something big happens there's a lot of oranges and bright pinks and um, like warming colors that stimulate you or wake you up or whatever. Well, I saw this. This is a little bit more of a modern take on films that are shot in India or other places that are considered developing world stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of Western films these days use that color, to, use color theory to imply some sort of poverty or danger. Mm-hmm. And this was not, this is a film made by an Indian filmmaker who's not going to. Uh, who wasn't playing to that type of audience, right. right? Like, and I think she, like, she used the color in a way that, like, was more honest to her culture, yeah, <laughs> and like represented the country well, right? And like, and you know, it's just beautiful, absolutely everything. Beautiful. Well, and her filmmaking is so often about the blending of cultures, right? Mm-hmm. Like, she, um, again, I fell down a Wikipedia wormhole, but if my memory is correct, she was born in Kenya, educated in the UK and the United States, is from an Indian family, and. All of the films of hers I've seen, at least, are all about slamming together these different cultures. Like the one I was telling you about last week, Blinded by the Light, which again, I cannot recommend enough. I I enjoyed it it so much. Mm -hmm. Is about this Indian kid, high schooler, living in an, like a, 
economically distressed area in England. There are a lot of movies that are like, it's the 80s. And, and I live in the council towers or whatever. Totally. Yeah. Or like, my dad works in the mining industry. And obviously yeah. that that's which is Billy Elliot. But mm-hmm. um, in this case, he falls in love with Bruce Springsteen. So it's Indian culture... British culture, American culture, all jammed together. Bennett, like Beckham, obviously, yep. also is that. Mm. Um, and I think that that's this too, right? We're taking what we know about Hollywood movie musicals and Bollywood and sort of and yeah. Austin, and just jamming them all together. We spend a lot of time in the UK. Obviously, the story is very specific to one. Um, the, and by that I mean the source material is so frequently mm-hmm. associated with the Regency and Jane Austen is a template for so many things, and I just find that really fascinating. So mm-hmm. yes, I think. Um, that it's interesting to look at the way that she's using color through both a western lens and a more global lens. Mm-hmm. I, I just find it super fascinating. And like I was thinking too this is beyond costumes and more about like the general design of like the way the color wasn't different between India versus Los Angeles right mm-hmm. or London um, but the way but like you just felt it, the American version of it did still feel much more bland yeah. right mm-hmm. like even that wedding that they went to right was that the wedding yeah the the wedding is like a week it starts uh, yeah. The, yeah. in the America in the, oh uh, when oh, yeah. Charlotte yeah. gets married and it's actually not a disaster yeah to Kali. which yeah. has been growing up like, more <laughs> yeah. and more I'm really I'm that I love justice for Charlotte she gets a happy ending in this show right? just yes. once I don't need it to be a happy ending all the time no. but just this once it's nice to me that Charlotte isn't completely miserable exactly um, and then also that we see again because apparently it's the best scene in the movie all of the sisters having fun together because yeah. I actually cannot think of a scene in any of the adaptations we watched where all of the sisters are having fun together. It's always like... Kitty and um, Kitty Lydia, Lydia off to one Jane side and, Lizzie. and Mary by herself at the piano forte with the Bible. God damn it, Mary. <laughs> Being very pleased with herself. Yes. Oh, Mary. <laughs> Just go do the cover dance. Listen. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, I'm sorry I interrupted you. I got no, very no. excited but about it. But that's... Yeah, like, just, like, it's... The... Obviously, Americans are afraid of color, so, like, that was, like, just natural for the co- for the costuming. But, like, I liked that. It felt good, and it felt like... It's interesting that you say this, because when talking about color theory in film and television, mm-hmm. like, American film and television, let me be specific, I don't remember color being such a important thing until maybe the last, like couple of decades like where it was very obvious that color was being used so my example will always be Breaking Bad the way that color was used in Breaking Bad was very specific and on purpose per character right so you immediately like what I was talking about working on a subliminal level you understand things about a character just based on the color around them or how how they dress and what colors they wear and what Mm. colors they prefer and choose and I don't feel like that was such a huge thing in American cinema and television until sort of recently I remember Matrix was at least from my knowledge one of the first films where they started really talking about the hues that they were mm-hmm. using for color uh, like that green yeah the greenish like yeah. represent you know like that was the first to my first memory because I was also quite and young. I'm sure it obviously yeah. it exists because as long as there's been film in color yeah. people have played with it and directors have played with it but it really feels like a newer or more modern use in America in 
uh, American television and film to specifically use color in the way that it is used in this movie. Well, certainly filmmaking on television has changed a lot. Yeah. Um, I think that probably w- w- in regards to film, um, it's more likely that it's our understanding of it that's shifted. Yes. Um, and do you think it's like an internet thing? Well, I think an eyeball thing? I, like maybe? visual processing more? P- part of it's, I think visual processing technology is also a part of this too because previously it was about the color of film you'd buy Mm -hmm. and like the way that stock was then like cinematography was like thought was very rightly thought of as like kind of a magician's thing there's a really interesting if you are into this thing I'm not a documentary that's uh, um, hosted by Keanu Reeves where he goes really into cinematography it's he is so excited to talk to all these cinematographers I got through 15 minutes and I was like too much for me (laughs) I can't do this Keanu you're a nerd I love you like you it's a good film if that's what you're interested in but like I couldn't do it Um, but it was like what they talk about the very beginning of this documentary was that cinematography was such a big deal because you couldn't know what you were seeing like you, because it would look different in the final. Yeah, look, and like there's processing, like the like the film. You can't like just see what comes to the camera immediately. There's all there's so many steps, and now we've gotten to a point where digi- digital filmmaking is such an easy thing. And the Matrix was the beginning of that with mm-hmm. all the technology they were using. So I wonder if that's a part of it too, where it's easier now to choose. The technology things. itself has made it easier to yeah. do. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Certainly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, we didn't start thinking about and this is just some of it's a failure of imagination um we didn't start thinking about the filmmaking on television until relatively recently in the history of television and obviously and there are exceptions there have been really cool wild things on tv for as long as tv has existed um there are some really striking cinematic moments in the twilight zone as an example um but something like breaking bad or the sopranos or killing eve um mad men yeah mad 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 men has a very visually color thing um uh and fascinating costuming storytelling through costuming with yeah. Mad Men 2 is huge I gotta um, get back on that train yeah I just really gotta start again I, I just started the first episode of that and like never kept going it's it's, it's because you know <laughs> and specifically me as a woman I know that it's just gonna fill me with rage so many times <laughs> and I'm already up to the brim yeah. with rage and so sometimes I'm just like I can't watch Joan get shot on again I can't watch Polly Penny, what's her name? Peggy. Peggy, get shat on again. My name is Peggy Olson, and I'd like to smoke some marijuana. Sorry, did you get that <laughs> yes. far? Is that a spoiler? <laughs> no, we saw that one. Okay, <laughs> we saw that one. But I just, uh, I just know that it's going to be beautiful and heartbreaking, and I'm going to love it. But it's going to make me so mad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but this it uh, is, but it's worth yes. it. And so this particular film, back to *Bride and, Pol- Bride and Prejudice*. We did really good on the color thing, though. We're we still did. talking yeah. about the same thing. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, like I, nature is healing. Nature is healing. <laughs> Because then I also think about... Oh, no! I also think about the budget they probably had for that film. Seven million dollars. Seven million dollars. To shoot that film for seven million dollars with location changes, with all those people, like, like their ability to use color. For those of you who aren't a dork about things like film budget, seven million dollars is nothing. nothing. It's a fucking drop in the bucket. Yes, (laughs) it's tiny. Yes. Um, And to have something with such a scope, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Huge production numbers and so many costumes and everything. Just... And really cool. And <laughs> shooting in LA, like that took half their budget. Almost, oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Like, like shooting on Santa Monica and Santa Monica Beach, like holy crap. Yeah. So mm-hmm. what they were able to, what they were able to accomplish with that, really good. 
Yeah. Really yeah. good. Given the technology at the time. Yeah. Yeah. And it would be, this is a question for our guest tonight because the, um, the, when I was in India, it was the Festival of Color, Holi, mm. H-O-L-I. And that's where people run around with the colored chalk and throw it at people. And you, it's at the end of the day, you've got chalk all over you. And the dogs are running around with chalk all over them. And it's just like a festival of happiness and color and light. It's where color runs appropriated that from. Yeah. Oh, exactly. <laughs> uh, we're the fucking worst. Yeah. American stuff. But when we were there and it was just happening and it was just everybody expected it and everybody was excited about it and it was fun, it, it kind of makes me think of viewing this film with that lens of how important color is in that culture that maybe is not the same for us mm-hmm. we, our puritanical like yes a fucking goody proctor was talking with the devil wearing hot pink she's gotta go <laughs> like no wear gray and black bitch oh, fucking pilgrims or wear this <laughs> scarlet letter that's all you get just one accent uh. <laughs> oh god the first, the first statement accessory the first statement <laughs> was the scarlet letter in America. Oh, uh, a for America, not adulteress. <laughs> Fuck yeah! But it works for both. Really. Oh, how painful. Yeah. So, I, I, that, I, I would be very interested to hear Manish go on about the color because I, want, I would like to learn more because it just felt so natural and normal. Everybody was excited about it. Nobody was mad about getting shit all over themselves. They were yeah. just like, yes, color, and it was fun. So that's a question that I have for our esteemed guest this evening. Talk to me about that. I'm super excited about that conversation. Me too. I'm you know, a, I'm we excited. should have been just having people who are smarter than us come on and talk to us about things the whole time. Yeah, but we figured it out, and we're still going. We're still learning. <laughs> that's, how, that's how we get smarter. That's is true. that we allow ourselves room for growth. Yes. Warp. And... Ooh! Speaking and of room of growth. Room, room for growth. <laughs> We're learning and changing. Um, well, great. I mean, I feel like this is a de- now that we're all excited for the next episode. I feel like this yeah. is a decent spot yeah. to end it on. And plus, I've got some housekeeping things. Yes, some of it I'm gonna we're gonna as is like new custom. Uh, gonna record a little thing with our lovely list of patrons and all that stuff and tack Later. it on the end. Mm-hmm. However, um, I do want to make sure that we're on the same page so that all of you you through the microphone. Are on the same page. <laughs> Wake up, bitch! <laughs> yeah, you. If your eyes just glossed over. Your back. I'm talking yeah. to you, Jenna, <laughs> <laughs> and you, Danny, <laughs> and you, Sandra Day O'Connor. Oh, R.I.P. R.I.P. Sorry, mm-hmm. I'm not sure where that came from. And just, mm-hmm. I'm. I'm still having a really hard time seeing your entire faces. It's really... I know, there's 3D aspects. Oh, it's really... You can see the side of my face because I'm looking at somebody else. And then you can see the side of my face. Well, no, because now it's just the top... Now it's the top of your face over a wet vagina. (laughs) I can say I've never been there. (laughs) (laughs) Warp. (laughs) You know, Ellen's going to just hit different now. Oh, yeah. Every time. And she just, Katya just sits there and does this like the whole time, like it's her fidget toy. Mm-hmm. Just like opening and closing and occasionally to uh, 
emphasize something. So, uh, the first bit of business is we, um, for Patreon folks, um, and if you're not, stick around anyway, because you still might want to read this book, uh, we're doing a Regency Book Club, uh, which is books set during, about, written during, inspired by, or adaptations of stories from the Regency. Um, So basically whatever the fuck we want. Uh, Friend of the show, Amelia Bazell, chose our first book with the input of some friends who came to the Crowdcast where we discussed it. And it is Mad and Bad, Real Heroines of the Regency by B. Koch, um, which I'm super excited about. I was trying to remember that the other night. I forgot. I was like, I know Mad is in there. Mad and Bad. Mad and Bad, Real Heroines of the Regency. That's cool. Um, That's a great book. Oh, it's, I mean, I started it this weekend. It's amazing. You, y'all are obviously welcome to read with us, but it is my geeky Patreon project, so you do not have to. However, you... Jenna. <laughs> Jenna, open the book. <laughs> um, <laughs> which Jenna? I don't know. Yes, we, yes, I do. We know um, <laughs> uh, anyway, point Love is, you, you can join us. Um, that's all Patreon backers are welcome to join us for those conversations. We will be able to chat um, in the comments, but also we're going to do a crowdcast, maybe two. Um, so feel free to join us for that. Uh, also, as a reminder, we are nearing the end of our first volume, at least, of Imbibe and Prejudice. So if there are adaptations that we are not covering that you think, oh, we absolutely have to do that before we move on, please speak now. Specifically um, Pride and Prejudice yes. for, at this moment. Yes, Pride mm-hmm. and Prejudice. Um, we are right now planning on doing Pride and Prejudice new musical and then the Lizzie Bennett Diaries, which is going to take some time, and then the Kira Knightley. Yeah. Um, the Joe Wright, it's not the Kira Knightley, but it's the Joe Wright, but it's Kira Knightley. Pride and Prejudice is always is about Lizzie, so whoever is Lizzie. Yes. Yeah. Well, although I will say, I've, we maybe, say Nemesis is the Colin Firth. Yeah, I would say I would say that, which is a fucking terrible shame to Jennifer Ely, because she's so good. She's <laughs> extremely good. She is. she is. But I mean... But she didn't climb out of a pond. She did not... Ha- <laughs> she did not do that. <laughs> she could have, but she did. Hot fuckboy entrance. Yeah. Uh, anyway, if there are things that are not on that list that you think, oh, you've really got to do this one in phase one, speak now or forever hold your peace. If not, afterwards, we are moving on to Emma. 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 I can't think of a good drunk name for it, though. I feel like this is one of those where we have to say it as if we were drunk. Emma. 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 Like I'm yelling at you across the bar. Emma. 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 All right, so we just say it like drunk Jake crew. Yeah. Emma. 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 We'll get there. We're I'm really excited we'll to talk about one. Emma. Yeah. Uh, so that's what the next month or so is. Uh, if you want to, if you want to start rereading Emma, go for it. If you want to read Mad and Bad Real Heroines of the Regency, which you get at bookshop.org or all kinds of really amazing bookstores, support your local bookstores. Go to a library. Don't buy it from Jeff Bezos if you yeah, can possibly don't. avoid it. I know. I love um, my Kindle though. That guy. He really got me. You can jailbreak those. You can. Okay. This, let's take this off road. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, uh, yeah. Just kidding. Don't, Don't worry about it. it. Just turn off the recording. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. And 
now that I am back in front of a functioning computer, I want to say all of our end stuff. You can find us on Twitter at PodlanderCast. You can find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash PodlanderCast. You can find us on Instagram at PodlanderCast. And you can find us on Patreon at Patreon.com slash PodlanderDrunkCast, where you can get early access to episodes, bonus episodes, Janine's Corner, Crowdcast, and of course support the show, which means so much to us and makes it possible we want to thank all of our patrons past and present and future but especially the following lovely folks here we go Bray Lee, Mallory Smith, Catspaw156, Maddie Perkins, Snazzy Nach, Julia Gulia, Kathleen Martini, Lauren Tennant, Kelsey Kemp, Madison Johnson, Emily Day, Betsy English, Caitlin Reddick, Ashley Tigison, Kristen Freckled, Fury, Laura Colm, Amelia Bazell, Liz, and Tinkerbell, Stella Welch, Chrissy Shively, Claire Feeney, Kayla Ray, and Rochelle Fever. <gasps> Heather Robbins, Jerry Hurdle, Brittany Holbert, Emily Carlson, Amy Gusterson, Rachel Townsend, Steph Peterson, Kelly Mazella, Chantel Salters, Mary the Falling Statue, Terry Lucchino, Viv Pickles, a.k.a. Laura, Mary of the Grapefruit, Jenna Polkowski, Anne Gibson, Ruth McCormick, Katie Kirshner, Kara Marlowe, Trish McCrary, Dr. J, Jen Linder, Drunklin, Kelly Bodden, Amanda Newton, and Kiki the Wise. Uh, we will be back next week with our third and final episode on the marvelous Bright and Prejudice. And, uh, yeah, it's that, I don't know. Stay sexy. Bye.